Welcome back to the Big Blue Saloon. I'm Peter Storm. I am joined by the angry D-man, Eric Diamond, and the man with the whiskey-induced golden voice, Brett Merker. This is the podcast where we never let important facts get in the way of good humor. Uh, I know we got a quick turnaround since we did this on, I think, uh, last Tuesday. Uh, how, was, uh, how was the week there, Merker? Uh, busy. It's been a busy week so far. Um, I, tomorrow, though, changes everything. I'm going to play a little golf in the afternoon, take some time off from work, so all will be right. Now, D-Man, I understood you vacationed in Rivervale, New Jersey this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I was up in your old uh, neck of the woods for a wedding, you know, and uh, actually the Where? wedding, as you know, was at the uh, same place your daughter's uh, bar mitzvah was. So. Yes, Florentine Gardens. Very nice. Ah, very nice. Florentine fun. Gardens. Beautiful lighting incredible. outside Florentine Gardens. Yeah. Yes, and the food was incredible. So while the D-man was traveling in Rivervale, we, we, the NFL draft took place. And this week we are back for an NFL draft review. This week the entire show will be dedicated to the draft which was held last weekend, and this is why, by popular demand, we welcome back the Big Blue Saloon NFL Draft expert, Neil Martucci. Neil, welcome back. Thank you so much. Now, I know how Guns N' Roses feels waiting for Axl Rose to decide he wants to come out. <laughs> <laughs> so now I know, I know Merker and I, and I joined a, a, a lot of the Big Blue Saloon uh, participants and, and Nick Licamelli to watch uh, the NFL draft in Martucci's backyard. Now, D-Man, did you even watch the draft? I, the first round I did, uh, all of the others, <laughs> I, I got bits and pieces. First round I did that. Nice, nice. So the four of us, again, will have a uh, Noel Holds Bard roundtable discussion on the draft, the Giants, the Jets, the rest of the NFL draft. Merker and I will share our favorite moment of the Martucci draft party. But we start with the Jets. And unfortunately, we don't have Zach Wilson's mother mother as a guest, but we do have this clip. With the second pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. And as you can see, Zach Wilson is here. So after uh, a lot of months of, uh, of, of knowing that this was going to happen, it finally came to fruition. The Jets selected Zach Wilson. And I'll tell you, Zach Wilson may have one of the more impressive marches down the alleyway where he was high-fiving with Jet fans and such. So now, Merker, now that it's official and Zach Wilson is your quarterback and we got to hear analysis by paralysis all weekend of Zach Wilson, uh, how are you feeling right now? Uh, well, about Zach Wilson, I feel excited, unsure, and anxious all, all in one. Uh, you know, <laughs> j- just like just like before the draft, I still don't know who he is, meaning, you know, what he's going to give us. I've not really seen much tape on him. I'm just going on, you know, um, so-called experts and, and their view of, of what he potentially is going to be. And that's the part that excites me, the part well, that well, scares Mercury, me. If, if I can't interrupt you for one second. We did get to see a lot of highlights of that one play where there was nobody on the field and he <laughs> threw the ball across his body. What did we see that, Martucci, about 15 times before the draft? Oh, yeah, and that's before we turned it off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. The pro day the pro day tapes are meaningless. I, I agree. We were making fun of that the entire first round, really. Um, so, I mean, listen, under the circumstances, he seems to be the best fit for the Jets. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence would be better. 
Um, you know, uh, we think, you know, based on the offense, I'm assuming that will be run. This is the guy for them. Um, I, I, I've said it a couple times. Joe Douglas uh, made a decision on Zach Wilson over Trey Lance, over Mac Jones, over Justin Fields. He thinks he fits this scheme. So I'm going to go with it. So I'm fine with the pick. Um, I do want to address uh, a comment by one of our loyal readers and followers, Rich Choi, one of your buddies, uh, who I just found out tonight is actually a Jets fan. My former um, doubles partner in high school. Tim. Former doubles partner in high school. Um, you know, uh, I love that he's a Jets fan, but but honestly, one of the lazier uh, comments that I've seen. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's so easy as a Jets fan to say, oh, my God, we should have won only one game and, and we should have won none, no games. And, and I was one of those guys, but when you think about it, um, you know, do we want another Eagles, what the Eagles did to the giants? I mean, players co and coaches don't want to lose, right? So fans want them to lose. Um, they're not going out there to lose a game. It doesn't matter if, if Trevor Lawrence is on the line or not. So really lazy to say that it's going to be a, an F uh, for the draft. If, if Wilson doesn't work out, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't, I think that's lazy. So I just wanted to say that before I well, move on to the next I, pick. I, I, you know, and I'm not just saying this because I, 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 I'm a Giants fan, and I, I happen to see Richard Choi's point. If, if, if Douglas misses on Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson is not what he should have been, what, he should, what, what they think he's going to be, and he's a bust, and we're sitting here again in three or four years like Sam Darnold after a lot of losing seasons, I, I kind of see where he's going with it, that you know the draft would be an F. I mean, you know, Zach, this, this was a chance he picked because he could have stuck with Sam Darnold. And, you know, like, and, I, and I don't love Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper was on his high horse about this. Could have stuck with, 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 with Darnold and traded that number two pick for a King's Ransom. I mean, look what the Giants got for the, for the, num for the, for the 10th, for the 11th pick. So I'm saying I could see where Rich Choi is going with it. I mean, but, you know, knowing him as I do, uh, he's a bit of a bitter guy and, you know, he takes the, you know, the cynical view of it. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, all the rest of these picks and Merker, I cannot wait for you to go through them. The re a lot of these rest of these picks are sort of meaningless. If Zach Wilson isn't all that good. Yeah. So, listen, he's, I... no slam, he's no slam dunk. I mean, our very own NFL draft expert, Neil Martucci, he was not your number two quarterback. So, so wait, can we just go back to what exactly was he, he your doubles partner in tennis, tennis? Oh, you play tennis. Oh, geez. I got to see that one. Mm -hmm. But Anytime, any place, Mr. Martucci. <laughs> yeah. oh. I'm not, I'm not Jay Ban, but I play a lot of tennis. Oh, if you're not as good as Jay Ban, then we're then, then I'm good. Um, no, but seriously though, to to you know go back to Merker's point though is listen, you have 54 guys on that team that are out there playing for their jobs, playing for their livelihood. They have such a short shelf life in the NFL. They're not going to go out and lose a game as much as the fans might want them to. These guys, they know if they don't go out and bust their asses, they're getting cut next week. So it was more, it was more comedy hour. I, I don't, you know, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's more comedy. Oh yeah, comedy hour to say that. I, I, I'm with you guys, both of you guys on that. You, there's, there's, the, you, you, the fans might want the players to tank. Of course, the players aren't going to tank. Oh, of course, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm in the same boat. But At, I mean, Pete, listen, um, I, I get Rich's point. I get your point. Um, is it an F, though, if Zach Wilson doesn't work out? No, it's not an F. It's, it's uh, you know, we got to see what Elijah Vera Tucker is and Elijah Moore and, and all these other players. I understand, the, you know, the Zach Wilson uh, conundrum that we're in. If he doesn't work out, Joe Douglas is fired. But is the draft an F? I, I, I don't know. Like, we'll see. 
you yeah. can't just make that proclamation. I understand he's a, you know, Rich is a, a Jets fan probably a long time and he's, he's had it. Uh, you know, I, I was on record saying, you know, at the beginning, I wanted to keep Sam Darnold. And then when it was clear he was gone, I, I you know, I jumped on board there. Uh, it, so, it's, just, it's just how many Jet, how many Jeff fans are sitting there right now thinking Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, Mac Jones and Justin Fields are all going to be better than Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm absolutely <laughs> one of them. I mean, of course. But again, uh, we have to I have to trust Rich has to trust other Jets fans have to trust that Joe Douglas and their scouts, not just Joe Douglas, but their scouts know what they're talking about and we'll see what happens. But let's move on from Zach Wilson, because yeah. yep. that's the obvious one to pick on. Um, so, you know, sitting there at the Martucci draft party, waiting for the 23rd pick, thinking to myself, all right, are they taking Newsom? Are they taking a cornerback? Uh, are they waiting for the best available O-lineman to fall? Are they going to do something Martucci hates and take a running back? Uh, all things on the table, and suddenly a ticker goes across the screen, and it's Jets have made a trade to move up to 14. My stomach dropped because I got nervous about what they were going to do. Uh, and sure enough, I loved the pick. This, for me, was uh, an A to A-plus move. Um, you know, they addressed a major need obviously by drafting the top guard in the draft. He was a top guard in most on most draft boards from what I've read. Uh, second straight year, they picked an offensive lineman in the first round. I love the move. Uh, it helps your quarterback. Uh, it was a costly move for sure. Um, trading two thirds, but they did not. Uh, and obviously swapping the, the first, but they did not lose uh, another first rounder or second rounder. Um, and it's unlikely he would have fallen to the jets at 23 so I have to credit the aggressiveness of, of Joe Douglas for that one. I love it. You, you have on paper, you know, left side of your line, the blind side for Zach Wilson for the next 10 years. I have no problems with it. You know what the funniest part of that pick for me was? How many times I had explained to you what the Jets gave up. I know. Well, that, that's what <laughs> happens when you drink a couple beers. <laughs> no, I, I, I would agree that the move up was aggressive. They drafted Zach Wilson, and finally, you know, Joe Douglas is going all in. Um, you know, I, you know, do I pick a guard at 14? Martucci, I don't think – I mean, I think you'd be going against what you say if you would say that, was, you know, because, you know, that's not one of those prime positions. But, I, you know, if they're going to give Zach Wilson a chance, at least they're going to protect his blind side. So, I, you know, I, I like the pick. I'm not an AA-plus on it. This was a, you know, B-plus pick for me. Um, Martucci, how did you feel about it? I, I didn't like it at first for the sole reason that when you're a you know two three win team you have a lot of holes and in the third round there were a lot of good players available and you just don't know when one of them is going to hit but in the third round you're thinking probably both of them could start for your team um, so on the certain again he was the number one ranked player at you know a position you don't want your quarterback to get killed. But in all fairness, I, the more I've seen it, I've come around a little bit and kind of went against my own views because, you know, I went back and saw they ranked the top 10 drafts of the last 10 years. And all of them were based on two, three core players that were an anchor for your team. So if you can get your quarterback and part of his blind side taken care of, and what's great about Vera Tucker is that he can play pretty much any position along exactly. the line. So if a Becton gets hurt, you know, during the year, you know, God forbid, he can slide over there. Your right tackle gets hurt. He can slide over there. So, 
I get it. You know, you gave up a lot, but I don't have a problem with the pick. And that's, and that's the, I was just going to say that that's a great point, Neil, uh, on top of being the top, uh, you know, interior offensive lineman, that guard spot, which is important on the blind side for a right-handed quarterback, of course, uh, you know, um, I'm sorry, on the left side for a right-handed quarterback, uh, you know, get being, getting a guy that's versatile, that can play multiple positions uh, is key. So again, um, I, I'm thrilled with the move. I, that, that was a guy that I wanted them to get and they got him. They gave up a lot. We'll see. Um, moving on to round two. So we had the, the number 34 overall pick. I was, I was almost guaranteed. I thought they were taking a running back there. Um, Dave, our friend Dave Burke and I were, uh, talking about the potential running backs they could get there. And sure enough, uh, they get a different type of present for a new quarterback, Jack Wilson. They had Jack Wilson, Zach Wilson. Um, and they pick Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. Um, so that, that was surprising to me, but I love it. Um, I love it because uh, of who our offensive coach is. Um, he is going to be used like a Debo, Debo Samuel type player in this offense sweeps, screens, uh, you know, these quick outs. Um, you know, I heard and read that the Jets received multiple offers for, for this pick. No, no, no surprise. Uh, but they felt like he was too good of a value at 34. And also, um, I believe Crowder's on the, he is, he's on the final year of his contract. He's due to make a non-guaranteed 10 million. So there is your slot receiver of the future. Um, he is five foot nine, four point, you know, four, three, two, uh, speed in the 40 yard dash. Um, and listen, the jets ranked 32nd in offense the past two years. So they needed something and, and they went out and got it. And I like it. I, I, I like what? Elijah more pick. Can, what, can I just his, say, there's, there's name? A... go ahead, D man. I'm sorry. I was going to say a lot of people had him ranked higher than, uh, than Kadorius Tony. Correct. That's right. That's absolutely yeah, right. And that'll be interesting to see next year which receiver plays better. Different different type of players. Uh, we can get into Kadarius Tony more later. They're, they're different kind of players, and, and we'll, we'll we'll discuss why the Giants wanted to prefer Kadarius. Uh, I read a lot about that because I was wondering the same too. I think Elijah Moore's a little short, uh, and maybe that's part of why he wasn't a first rounder. But that was a good pick by the Jets. I can't. That that to me was an A pick because yeah, it was it was yeah. an A pick. And then and you think about you know you're you're pairing him now, assuming Crowder stays around for this year. You're pairing him with Crowder, Corey Davis, and Denzel Mims. Uh, you know you, you I'm going to talk about the running back room in a minute. You you draft a, a guard like you're you know the Jets are looking to you know do what they should have done for Sam Darnold and give. Zach Wilson weapons, give him protection and weapons, which uh, which leads to another weapon uh, in round four. Um, I wanted Michael Carter here. And sure enough, they they took Michael Carter, Uh, Michael Carter, the running back from North Carolina. Uh, This is right in the sweet spot where Mr. Martucci likes to pick a running back. Uh, They did not reach for one, although I would have been fine reaching. They didn't do it. Um, and you know, again, another burner, uh, four five in the 40 yard dash, uh, super quick. You know, they say he, he you know, in space, he is like a, a pinball. Um, he, he evaded 33 tackles in 2020, third most in college football, uh, helped him rush for 1200 yards and an eight, um, eight, 8.0 average. Um, he is small. Um, you know, he appears to be a third down back, but the Jets think he's going to be 
uh, tough enough and have great instincts to be an inside runner as well in early downs. Um, but they're going to use him like James White, I think. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But again, he's another another guy that that can work in this Michael Floor or um, in this Michael Floor scheme. Um, and uh, I, I like it. I like the pick. He joins Tevin Coleman, Lamichael uh, Pirine, and Ty Johnson. Obviously, not impressive there. Uh, so he's going to get a chance to start. So, well, um, are they, they going to bring back the ageless Frank Gore to compete against him? I don't. Th- I think <laughs> didn't I? I heard that he signed some. Isn't he on the Eagles or some other team? I think he signed somewhere. Um, no, I they're think not. You know, isn't yeah. there a senior league somewhere? So when yeah. they draft, so they, when they drafted Michael Carter, I had, I, I had two thoughts. One, uh, are they going to draft the other Michael Carter, which they did, and yep. two was and two was about Frank Gore. Um, again. I'm with you. That was another A pick to me. What I liked about the pick, A pick, real quick, is that um, you know he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires. You know he he shared the backfield at North Carolina with Williams, and so you know he had his 150 touches last year. You know conversely, you know Harris had I think it was like 340 touches last year. You know 300 the year before. That's a lot of hits. That's a lot of carries going into the NFL where you're just going to get beat up some more. So getting some of these guys that haven't been beaten up in college, you know, really helps their first couple of years in the NFL. Yeah. So, so Merker, anybody else in the, uh, in the rest of the Jets draft, uh, when you read through the names that uh, stood out to you that you think will make an impact on the team? Cause you know, when you look at the great teams, the chiefs, the Packers, the uh, no matter what Aaron Rodgers says about the GM, you know, the Saints, all these teams, they, they get a lot of value in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, just uh, I, I will give you two guys that, that I liked. Um, you know, overall, obviously, this team needs cornerbacks. This team needs some linebackers. The team, the team needs a lot, obviously. Um, they did not really address cornerback in free agency, as we all know. You thought they were going to go get a top quarterback in the draft. Uh, they did not. They decided to go offense the first four picks and take care of Zach Wilson. So I'm fine with it. Um, I, I would assume they're going to sign a couple of other other quarterbacks that are out there, for, you know, as a free agent, and and they'll focus likely on cornerback uh, in the first round next year. Uh, that being said, they essentially with their their next uh, let's see one two three four picks. Uh, they went either cornerback or linebacker, cornerback or linebacker safety, rather hybrid. So, um, you know, I was fine with that. They're, 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 you know, trying to get a, um, lightning in a bottle with one of these. So the, the couple that I liked, um, round five, uh, number 175th pick overall was Jason Pinnock, uh, from Pittsburgh. Um, you know, we remember the last great cornerback out of Pittsburgh, Darrell Rivas, um, but they're, they're nowhere similar, of course, but I, I like, uh, I like that he went to the same school. It's a useless <laughs> fact, but that's okay. Um, you know, scouts from what I read, say he has NFL level ball skills. He's got good speed. He's six feet, two Oh four. Um, you know, uh, they've used the Jets have used a lot of late round picks on corners. So, and not many have worked out. So I'm a little concerned, but it's a need position still. They got a they got a guy that's going to immediately be on special teams, but I think he's somebody that they can develop. Uh, so that's a guy that I I kind of like. Um, you know, the other one that I actually like, and this might sound real silly, but it it, it works now because you need depth with the Quinton Williams injury, um, which was a little shocking to me. Uh, broke his foot or broke a toe on his foot. I'm not sure. He's out eight to ten weeks. I, I enjoyed it- I, I enjoyed breaking that story to you. 
Yeah, I know you did. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, he'll be back for training camp. Um, but they took a guy uh, with their last pick, um, Jonathan Marshall, the D-tackle, huge D-tackle out of Arkansas, which gives us depth. Um, and he's 6'3", 310. Um, good athlete. He runs, you know, a 4840 for a, a 310 pound man, which is insane to me. Um, you know, so I think in the four, three defense, he's going to have an opportunity to turn it loose. Uh, he's going to be, you know, in that room with Sheldon Rankins and, and Fadakasi. Um, you know, we'll see how he does. There's a couple of these other guys in the late, you know, that they picked in round six and five that I like, but those are the two that, that, you know, I think might emerge. So now, now, and Merker does a great rundown. D-Man's got a uh, hard act to follow when we talk Giants. So now it's time to go to our big blue saloon draft expert, Neil Martucci. What was your grade on the Jets draft? Um, I gave them a B plus. You know, uh, I think they addressed the offensive needs. You got to, if Wilson's your future, you focus on the offense, you give them weapons, you protect them, keep them healthy. We saw what happened to Joe Burrow last year. That's the last thing you want to happen to your franchise. And, you know, as Merker has been pointing out several times in our group chat is the Jets aren't winning the Super Bowl next year. This is a couple year not, rebuild. Not. That, yeah, I know. As much as people like to say they were going to make the playoffs next year, they're not. No. Nope. You know? So, you know what? Get the offense in order. Get your weapons. Let them start working together for the future. Then next year and free agency and everything else, you build that up. Um, I, 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 it was a solid job by them and, you know, B-plus. Um, and the last one, one quick point is, you know, those last couple round guys that you look at, and odds are they'll never contribute to your defense or offense. But what you're looking for is guys that can really contribute on special teams because, yeah. you know, that's an yeah, often yeah. ignored. Nice. Right. It's, it decides so many games, but it's ignored so often that, you know, it's key to get some of those guys that can contribute on special teams as well. D-Man, uh, quickly, what was your grade for the Jets? I actually, I, I kind of agree. I thought it was a very good draft for, for the Jets. Um, and it was interesting that the first four picks uh, were offensive players, obviously trying to help Zach Wilson as much as possible. Um, I like to trade up to get the uh, offensive lineman, and they got the receiver and the running back that they needed. Although I was a little bit surprised they didn't pick at least one cornerback in the first four rounds, but, you know, hopefully out of three cornerbacks they picked, one of them will actually be a good starter. I guess that's what they're hoping for. So, so, we'll, I, um, so what's your grade? Uh, I'd say B plus as well. Very, uh, and very P, original, very original. No, that's it. And D-Man makes a good point though. That, that was the point I was actually trying to make is, you know, while the, the later round picks, they went cornerback mostly, <laughs> Your hope is one of these guys not only contributes on special teams in a big way, but one of these guys emerges as a starter. And, and if you get one of them to be a starter and, you're, and your top four offensive picks are starters, you've had a great draft. I mean, nobody, nobody hits on every pick, obviously, in the draft. So you just got to hope one of these late rounders, uh, you know, it does it for you. So I, I, the, the, the grades you guys gave are absolutely fair. And I know this is this is kind of pathetic here, but I'm going to change my grade that I gave. I'm going to go backwards a little bit because I've had more time to think through this. I gave them an A and, you know, I'm realizing more and more it's not an A. Um, it, it's more I'll give them an A minus. I, I move them back a little bit. I'm not in the B plus range. I give them an A minus and this is why um, I am concerned about Zach Wilson. I'm concerned about the holes and uh, with quarterbacks. Um, but on the positive side, 
and I know you can't, I guess, you know, add this to your, your grades, but I'm going to, we still have two first picks next year. I'm looking forward to next year. So I like how he set up next year and the year after by what he did this year. So I'm looking at it holistically over a couple of years. I understand what Joe Douglas is doing, uh, but I do have to move it back from an A to an A minus. Okay. So I'm, I'm in the camp of Martucci and B man. I, and I, and I put this on the Facebook page. I give them a B plus. Um, you know, I, you know, Rich Choi makes an interesting point about Zach Wilson. Personally, I thought that they should move on from Darnold. So I, I thought that was the right move. I'm not sure, you know, you know, I, I, I have no idea between Wilson, Lance, Fields, and, and, and Mac Jones, which one's going to be the best. I don't think Mac Jones will be. I, th- I think you'll have to, I think you'll be measuring um, Zach versus Trey Lance. Josh Fields. And, and versus Fields. I don't, I don't think any of them are as good as Trevor Lawrence. I think anybody who starts, you know, having revisionist history about Trevor Lawrence hasn't really seen him play. So, yeah, I go with a B. And, and I think the interesting – and, Merker, you brought up a really good point about holistically looking at this. I would expect next year that Joe Douglas spends his first four picks on defense. I mean – I, I agree. Think, you know, I think he built up the offense nicely. He's remained salary cap friendly, so he could probably add another piece, uh, you know, to the offensive line, or they could still use a tight end potentially. But yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I liked what they did. I mean, they the B plus and all the value ratings and the experts all seem to be on board about them. So solid night by the Jets. I mean, definitely, um, you know, trying to change the narrative of their ridiculous drafting. There was really, you know, I thought, you know, Joe Douglas did a good job. Am I ready to? Join the Seth Kaplan parade of in Joe Douglas we trust. I'd like to see some W's um, before I do that, but definitely a nice, uh, a nice, you know, a nice draft for the for the New York Jets. And, that, you know, and the one, week, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, you know, although it looks like it's a B plus or so, but the bottom line is, if Zach Wilson doesn't cut it, because you know, the one thing that everyone forgets a year ago, no one even knew who Zach Wilson probably was. Jay Schwartz uh, did. Mm. maybe he did but you know he wasn't he didn't play that great his freshman sophomore even junior year it was last year that he just came out of nowhere really with his uh, how well he played so i'm not sold on zach wilson either so well, if he doesn't play well you know that that b plus is gonna become a c what what i gotta tell you guys what a what a great you know he d-man is not the best color analyst in the business for nothing because didn't we start the discussion by talking about Zach Wilson and it, it being an F draft if if if, if he stinks? So the D man well, joins the, the parade late, but he definitely makes a very good point. Is it true that they drafted Zach Wilson just so they would see a W on that field? <laughs> I think they did because they felt his mother was attractive. She is. She was. She was the she was the highlight of the draft. Anyways, uh, it's an excellent leeway to go on to the Giants, and let's start with this clip. With the 20th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Kadarius Toney, wide receiver, Florida. So they do go offense. They do go offense to fortify that side of the ball. So before I let the D-man go through the picks, I'll tell you what my thought process was uh, sitting at the Martucci draft party when it came to the Giants. So I was sitting there at number 10, and I was saying, Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith, he's falling, he's falling, because the Broncos and the Panthers picked corners. There was no way Dallas was going to pick a wide receiver. They wouldn't trade with the Eagles. And sure enough, trade with the Eagles comes on the screen. I'm getting really upset. 
You know, I feel I'm almost like Merker. I was ready to jump into Martucci's pool. Then all of a sudden, trade comes on the screen. And I'm thinking, this cannot be the case. I mean, 54 round, 54 different dra- rounds of drafting, and Dave Gettleman has never traded back. But not only did he trade back, he traded back from 11 to 20. So I'm thinking to myself, they better, they must have gotten like multiple draft picks, some twos, some threes. But they got a number one pick next year from the Chicago Bears. And right there, I, there wasn't much else, much else to me that Dave Gettleman could do wrong after that. Now, I don't think Gettleman was the one. I mean, he, it wasn't all of a sudden that this guy had a, a, an epiphany that trading down was the way to go. I mean, this is the Joe Judge influence. So then, you know, you get, you know, players dropping and, you know, you know they were considering Aziz Ujulari and Kitty Pouet. Thought for sure they were going to edge rusher. Uh, you know, maybe Greg Rousseau, Jalen Phillips, all the players were there. And all of a sudden they pull a surprise and they pick Darius Tony from Florida, wide receiver. So obviously the Giants always wanted a wide receiver. They wanted to add another weapon for Daniel Jones. Just didn't think this was going to be the guy. I thought it would be either Rondell Moore or, 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 or I don't, Rondell or Elijah Moore. One of those guys. And it was, I wasn't familiar with Kadarius Tony, So I immediately, you know, texted my Florida connection, John Levine. And I asked him, I'm like, how is Kadarius? And I said, take your Florida hat off and, and, and give me a normal scouting report. And he's like, this guy is unbelievable. That's what he said to me. He said, everyone's talking about Kyle Pitts. But he said, Kadarius Tony is unbelievable. He said, you can't tackle him. He's fast. I said, he, he's going to make plays for the Giants. And I said to him, will Jason Garrett know how to use him? And he's like, doesn't matter. This guy's just coming to his own. You know, he's going to get through his off-the-field problems. You know, that's the other thing, right? You know, after the DeAndre Baker, I was pretty shocked that they picked somebody like Kadarius Tony. I'm still not sold on the pick, but I thought, you know, what Gettleman did, trading back, trading down, getting a first-rounder next year, makes this pick a little easier to stomach and losing Devontae Smith a little easier to stomach. Martucci, uh, you were there. What did you think of the giant selection of Kadarius Tony? Well, I, I love the trade down. And it's odd, as I thought they got a decent haul for them. But the more I read and listen to, especially when trading up for a quarterback, they think Chicago got the better deal and they could have held out for more. I, I haven't um, seen that anywhere. I haven't seen that anywhere because the, the Bears pick can legitimately be a top five pick. They have the second hardest schedule in the NFL supposedly next year. What's good too is it's not someone Fields isn't someone that's going to come in and yeah. rescue them right away. I mean, they have a good enough team. I don't foresee them being top five, but it, listen, like you said, it is that obviously, you know, they wanted a wide receiver all along. I don't agree with that at all. Um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I give them credit for the trade down. I don't love the pick. Um, unless you know, they think a game's going to break out into a rap battle. And then, you, you know, know you I know. think they'll have the <laughs> edge. Case, but. Neil, I, I, I do interrupt you for one second. I would completely agree with you about this, that picking a wide receiver at that spot was a mistake. But the fact that they got Ojolari in the second round makes it a little easier to stomach. Uh, you know, because I thought they should take an edge rusher, and they actually got the edge rusher they probably wanted in the second round. But we'll, we'll let the D-man. So, D-man, what did you think? I mean, I know you never heard of this guy when he was drafted, and 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 you texted me right away, and I had to tell you a little bit about him. But what was your reaction on the pick, the trade down, you know, all that well, jazz? First, obviously, you know, we were texting that when Eagles traded up in front of us, you know, you're like, oh, God, Gettleman got schooled again. And then, then they did the train back. And I was absolutely blown away that they got a first-round pick next year for that. And that makes it 
in a draft, forget him. And just for that, as far as Tony goes, um, you know, he was, I had him look, I had to look further back on, on the wide receivers. Cause I was expecting if they were going receiver to go with Bateman more Marshall or even Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore. Um, I'll withhold judgment on the pick and I'll trust that they know what they're doing. I mean, I agree. He does appear to be a playmaker. And my first thought after reading about him is that they have to use him correctly uh, because he definitely has speed and he breaks tackles. Um, but again, I can see this guy, you know, having a few games being invisible or other games that he plays well, but we'll see. I mean, I do, uh, they needed a playmaker and he's one is he, and it'll be interesting to see three years down the road who has the best receiver. I mean, um, he, he definitely has to be game planned for. I mean, that, there's no doubt. And that was the problem the Giants had last year. You didn't have a game plan for anybody. So now you got to worry about Barkley. you got to worry about Galladay. you gotta, you got you to gotta worry about this guy running down the middle. Slayton's still on the team. Evan Egram, if you can ever hold on to the ball, is, is still a good receiver. So the Giants' offense now with this guy, you got a lot of weapons. Again, it all comes down to can Jason Garrett use him correctly. But the Giants did hire some sort of offensive guru from LSU to help them with the passing game. So, I mean, there's a lot of things going on here. Mer- Merker, what did you think of the pick of Kadarius Tony? I was there you with mean, you. You were you were uh, trying to be diplomatic about it. I was trying. Uh, otherwise known as Young Joka. That's his uh, rap name. So I'm looking forward to, to hearing his album one of these days. Um, you know, he's a guy actually that um, earlier in the draft season when the mock draft started to come out, uh, I saw him going to the Jets on multiple, uh, you know, uh, draft boards um, in the first pick of, you know, their first pick of the second round. So the second pick uh, in that second round. So I did actually read up on him and he is he is exactly what you said. He's a burner. He's shifty. He's tough to take down. He's a little bit of a gadget player. I think, again, you, you guys all made this point. If Garrett and this offensive guru that they hired can figure out how to use him, I love the pick. Um, if you know, he, planted, can, he, he can also throw the ball 60, 70 yards, too. Yes, I saw that. I, yeah. And, you know, if Daniel Jones doesn't work out, there's your quarterback. <laughs> um, so, I, I listen, I don't love it. I think there's a lot of other players they could have taken there. Uh, but I will also reserve judgment. I poke fun a little bit. Um, it, was, it was surprising to me, like you and everybody else. Uh, but what they're doing, I get it. They're giving Daniel Jones weapons. Let's see what Daniel Jones can do. And then you make a decision, you know, solid pick, but reserve judgment. All, all, all the range of emotions that we all went through at the Martucci draft party, you know, was, was hysterical. It was, you know, from the from the Jets pick to the Giants losing Devontae Smith and then trading down to Martucci going out of body when the Broncos passed on Justin Fields. He almost kicked us out. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I thought he was going to ask us to leave. Definitely going to ask Licamelli to leave with his analysis um, at that I point. I did so, ask you guys to leave. You just didn't listen. <laughs> so, but anyway. You know, the, the one last thing about Tony is that he can really help the special teams as well. Yeah. Well, I think, they always seem- say that, and then nobody ever helps the special teams. All the rules are so against anything going on in special teams anymore. I, I You know, I'm – with punt returns and things like that. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in using a valuable guy that you don't want to get hurt on special teams. That's just I, I, offensively. I'm talking about not like not defensively. I think one of the things we talked about too, Pete, if you want to elaborate a little bit, cause you know, you actually, you know, amazingly enough had an excellent point um, is that, you know, when you listen to, when you watch, how's that for a backhanded compliment? I, I, um, I'm, blown, I'm not sure to be, in, if I'm, if I, if I should smile or cry on that well, one. Well, let me finish first, then you'll figure it out. Let's see. Um, but no, um, 
you know, the obvious need for the Giants, if you watch them, was offensive line. I mean, you know, Thomas struggled his first year. He was a top pick in a reach last year. And, you know, Jones got beaten up pretty good last year. So it's easy to say, listen, the Giants, they should have gone offensive line all day. But we heard in the draft 24 times, you know what, it takes two or three years for these guys to develop as an offensive line. So you've been talking about some of these guys that they drafted last year, the year before, that might be ready to step in this year and play, you know, a starting role, a valuable role that people might not have been seeing or counting on. Yeah, the, Gi- the Giants are very high. Forgetting Andrew Thomas for a second. They are still high on him. They're very high on Matt Pert. Um, when, when Matt Pert played last year before he got COVID, he was very effective on the right side. They're very high on, 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 Shane, on Shane Lemieux also. Um, they're very, they're very high in him at guard while pro football focus rated him very lowly. They felt that their running game got a lot better after he was inserted in the starting line for Will Hernandez. So last year they spent three premium picks on offensive line. And I was on here on this podcast and I, and, and when we were sitting at the Martucci draft party and I kept telling you guys, they were not picking offensive line. And I, I just, I, I heard that, uh, I'd gotten a text about it and it came to fruition. I mean, yeah. Gettleman said there was a few guys they were interested in, but he's always going to say that. They truly believe in Matt Pert and Andrew Thomas as the bookend, and they feel like they have insurance with Nate Solder too. So we'll see. I mean, listen, I, that's when I look at the Giants now, the offensive line is the position that could really, really sabotage their year in, in my mind. So anyways, D-Man, why don't you take this opportunity to help us go through the rest of the draft post Kadarius Tony or whatever his rap name was. Merkel, what was his rap name again? Young Joka. Okay. All right. First, with, you mentioned briefly about their second pick, uh, pick number 50, Aziz Anjulari, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, that was a, a perfect pick. I loved it. They definitely need an edge rusher. Um, he had eight and a half sacks, which led the SEC last year. He was also, if you didn't know, he's defensive MVP of the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. But he is fast. He is strong. He's great at uh, making, uh, getting off the block, making athletic tackles. And he can, you know, chase down like Lauren Sauer used to do back in the day, those perimeter runs. Um, he has good he rush, uh, different moves. So I, re- I think he's going to be a real impact defensive player for the Giants. You know, may may take him a couple years to get there, but I love the pick. Um, you forgot needed- one important you forgot one important thing, D-Man. Gentleman again traded down from 42 to 50 and still got his man and picked up an extra third rounder for next year. So That is correct. That is so, correct. And I, I got to be honest, I was shocked when they picked him. I thought that was going to be the time for a Gettleman reach, but he picked his – and they actually showed him in the, uh, in the war room, and he looked upset by that pick. So I have a real feeling that Gettleman, while he's the front man right now, was not did not have final say on what was being done. I think John Marrow – uh, had a lot of pressure on him, and I think Joe Judge was very involved. Uh, Martucci, now, I, I can't imagine you did not like this pick for the Giants because you thought he was they were going to take him at number 11 for a long time. Well, see, that you weren't supposed to point that out. I was supposed to get credit that I mocked him to yeah, the no, Giants all along. But, the Giants you know, considered we, we him at 11. Yeah, yeah, you do get credit. Uh, we won't mention that it was 39 picks later than I thought. Um, you never no, let, I mean, remember, this is the podcast where we never let the facts get in the way of good humor. Exactly. But, I mean, perfect pick, uh, honestly, is to trade down, get your man, get a top guy in a position of need. You know, obviously there's a little concern with the knee, and that's why he fell from that 
you know, mid first round to where he fell from. But, you know, I'm assuming they have pretty good doctors and, you know, they probably let Dave Burke check him out also. And yeah, that's, he that's gave the rumor. Go ahead. Burke's, tr- um, but, Burke's treating both Quinn and Williams and Aziz Ojolari right now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was one of my, you know, more favorite picks throughout the night. Yeah. Pete, that that for me was an A plus plus pick. It wasn't. It wasn't. An, it was not an A plus pick. It was a fantastic pick. I, I was shocked. Um, you know, not you just said it. Not only did they get him at fifty, right? Is that where they got him fifty? Yeah. yeah, they got an extra third rounder. Um, maybe Gettleman's not pulling the strings. Whoever's pulling the strings hit a freaking home run. That guy is a stud. Yeah, he easily would... could have been picked in the first round. I mean, correct. He fits their scheme perfectly too. So, anyways, D-Man, what about the rest of the picks? You know, we're we're, right. we're running short uh, on Giants time. Third pack, Giants third pick uh, was cornerback Aaron Robinson, Robinson, who's you know athletic, versatile, and a very physical defensive back. It's one hundred ninety-three pounds. They traded up for him. They traded up in the third round, so they were trading down, up, sideways. Bill Belichick must have been in their war room. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Robinson is a guy a lot of people like, and you know the the secondary is definitely going to play some strength for the Giants right now because uh, with him and Adoree Jackson and Bradbury and Darnay Holmes, you could say the Giants have one of the best uh, defensive backs uh, in the league now. On paper, I mean, they, on paper. yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously injuries occurred too, but uh, again, this is another solid pick. Martucci, um, what did? Martucci, what did you think about Aaron Robinson? What's your what's your take on him? You, it's, it's a solid pick. Listen, you need we talked about it. You need defensive backs in this league, and you know, being my team has seventy six of them. Um, we've kind of showed that. <laughs> Apparently, it's um, more important more more important a quarterback to the Broncos. Absolutely. Listen, we played a wide receiver at quarterback last year, so why not a corner this year? Um, but listen, you see some of these teams, Washington, you see their receivers, you see Dallas, their receivers, you know, the Eagles, they loaded up on receivers this year. You know, you need three, four, five cornerbacks deep to compete. And so to, to make that move, you like that guy, you have the extra picks, you know, I got, you know, obviously he's coming from a, you know, a little, not playing the top competition, but you're, you're okay with that pick. He's, a, he's an Alabama transfer. So that's right. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't hack it with the big boys. Yeah. Uh, so, D-Man, where did the Giants go with the rest of their three picks? Well, what's interesting about the fourth pick, Ellerson Smith, um, another edge uh, slash linebacker type of position. Now, he's from a small school called Northern Iowa. He actually had 14 sacks last year, um, you know, f- uh, two block kicks, five forced fumbles. So he was a force with the competition that he played. The question is, with higher competition, how is he going to do he had, he had an excellent he, he had an excellent senior ball, and we know how much Dave Gettleman puts into the senior ball. But this to me yeah, seems like this seems like a retro Jerry Reese picking an athletic non you know an athletic player from a small school who may not have transferable skills. But why not take a chance on a pass rusher? I guess. Yeah, and from what I've read, you know, at times he could be overmatched, uh, you know, by size. But he he works hard. Um, he's got long arms, a long frame. So who knows how he'll do? I, I I like to pick again. You can never have enough pass rushers, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and again in the sixth round, D man Gettleman. You know, it looks like the Giants let Gettleman work the fourth fourth round in the sixth round. Can't resist a running back. Taking Gary Brightwell, right from and, and I, a lot of comparisons to this guy. You're talking about no tread. This guy barely carried the ball, and supposedly he reminds some people of a Garrett Blunt. Um, 
we'll see what happens with Brightwell. But he, you know, right now he has a spot on the team as the number three running back. Uh, uh, Martucci, you know anything about Brightwell? He's he's a smaller guy. They, they're taking a fly on him, but my guess is like the other guys. He's he's more of a special teams pick. They love the running backs, you know, on special teams yeah. that are physical and can get down there. Um, you know, it's just they're, they're throwing bodies out there. He can be a good guy to keep on your practice squad if need be. Also, so so D man, and then Rodarius Williams was their last pick. Uh, He's 25 years old, the brother of Greedy Williams, another probably special teams guy. Steve, man, what grade would you give the Giants and, and why? Well, I'm set on, on a B plus, um, but the reality is the trade back with Chicago to get the first round pick and then with the uh, second pick where they uh, went back and got third round, you could almost give him an A for that. Now, because I'm not sold on Kadori's Tony being a real impact player is why it's a B plus, but you know, I, I, I love, I, I obviously it was, his, it was Gettleman's best draft by far. Um, so I would still give it a B plus. It's hard to give it an A without seeing how they really do. Uh, but I was very pleased. I was pleasantly pleased this year, say the least. Now, Neil, you're, you're a huge giant critic and you're a huge Pete storm critic too. So um, what grade did you give the Giants? I mean, it's so easy to be both. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I gave them a B. Um, I love the trade down and moving around and using your picks in equity. Um, love the Ojolari pick. Robinson was fine. Uh, I, I think they had enough weapons. I just think there's other places they could have gone with round one, and that's the only reason it wasn't higher. And the last – just a pipe dream. You know, they had six picks. Yeah, I disagree with you. I don't think the Giants have enough weapons. Absolutely not. They needed another weapon. See, to me, at at this this year, if you if you can't win with Galladay, who you just gave seventy-two million to, you have Ingram and Rudolph at the tight end, which is fine. You still have Shepard. You still have uh, what's his name that you just Slayton, uh, Slayton, 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 who you who you were high on. And you have Barkley coming back. I mean, that's weapons. And you have your offensive line intact. If Jones can't put up some sort of stats with that, you know, then then it's it's on him. You know, it's just if you're building for the future. I don't know. Again, I do love that they have two picks next year because this is you know what we haven't touched on is this is a make or break year for Jones, especially with this pick. So having two good first rounders next year. If they do need to trade up for a quarterback, gives them the ability to do that as well. Um, or if not, then it positions themselves to take two really good players last year, next year. So they're in a BB plus range, but I gave them a B because they're a little below the Jets. Merck? Yeah, B plus for me, and and I actually, uh, like I said, the the Ojolari pick was a was a grand slam for me. That was a fantastic pick, but. I give them a B plus because whoever was making those trades and, and getting an extra third and an extra first, great job. I mean, still getting a guy like Ojolari where they did uh, and, and getting those extra picks, um, you know, the Kadarius Tony pick, we'll see what happens, but you set yourself up nicely, not only this year, but you set, you set yourself up nicely next year. You, you likely think Chicago is going to be a top 10 pick, you know, so you have two picks, maybe let's say in the top 15 to 20, uh, the, the Giants are in great shape. I think they, they did solid um, B-plus for me. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, I'm on a B-plus, too, for the Giants. Um, and it would have been an A, a solid A, if I had, was, you know, if 
Kadarius Tony was more of a, a slam dunk pick, a slam dunk pick. I think, but I do agree. I actually agree with the D man. I thought they needed another weapon. Um, I was really pissed off. They didn't get Devonte Smith, but I felt better because I, I, I do think that bears pick next year. is going to be, it's going to, it's going to be like, I'm going to be rooting so hard against whoever the, against the bears. Cause I, I, you know, they have the second hardest schedule. They could have a combination of Andy Dalton and Justin Fields playing quarterback. A lot of things have to go right for them defensively to be really good. And they play a tough schedule. So that, that pick, you know, besides playing Detroit twice, that pick could be in a top five, top eight. And, and Martucci made a great point. If Daniel Jones isn't the guy, they'll have two picks to trade up to get a quarterback. And while, you know, we'll touch on 2022 later, while there aren't, you know, there isn't a Trevor Lawrence in there, there will be guys that all of a sudden blossom like Zach Wilson into the top of the draft. Um, I also didn't love their end of the draft. Um, when, when I think Gettleman took over, I don't think they'll get anything from Ellerson Smith, Gary Brightwell, or Rodarius Williams. They only signed two or three free agents after the draft. Um, and, you know, so I, you know, I'm, I feel like they're only going to get three players from this draft that are going to be of any consequence. So based on their picks, it's a B based on the trades, it's an A minus. So you settle in at a B plus. That's the way I see it. So that's takes care of it for the jets and the giants. Um, we, we touched on this a little, I don't, you know, I think what we saw this year was the transition away from Dave Gettleman. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, you, you gotta be pretty stupid. If you think this guy all of a sudden had an epiphany and and a body snatch for some for to start trading down up. I mean, if, if in the in the usual Gettleman era, they just would have stuck at eleven and picked whoever he thinks was the best player at the Senior Bowl. So, <laughs> you know, so that that was good to see that there's some shift in the Giants' power structure. Um, moving on, we're gonna, now we're going to really go into our uh, Neil Martucci. Neil, this is your time. Let us know who you thought had the best draft and who you had the who you thought had the worst draft. All right, uh, real quick, went through a couple of uh, who I thought was really good. Um, I thought the Bears did excellent. You know, when your quarter position need was a quarterback and you're p- picking it, pick 20, you don't expect to get one of the top guys. Um, they found a way to move up and get Fields, arguably the second or third best quarterback in the draft. After that, they followed up with Tevin Jenkins, who people had as, you know, one of the probably three or four in the tackle position. So I think they did a real good job there. Um, also, you had the Dolphins, you know, getting a top two wide receiver in Waddle and then a top two edge rusher, plus another solid offensive tackle following that up with. So, you know, and even later on, they loaded up on a bunch of weapons and protection for Tua for a team that was pretty strong. Um, Browns were another one that addressed some needs on defense, got another defensive back and got, a you know, what most people think is one of the steals of the draft in Os- Owasu Kuomawa, Karamoa in the um, late second round. Um, Baltimore, I think, did a real good job. They needed another weapon for Jackson. They got Bateman. They got Owe, the a great edge rusher. So I think those were some of the teams that stood out. Um, on the negative side, um, you know, we can talk about Oakland all day long yeah. and how, what a mess they are. And, Raiders, you know, terrible. Gruden with his $100 million contract and just Mike, destroying Mike, that. Mike, don't forget Mike Mayock there, too. Yeah. So it happens when you get an ESPN guy. But I'm going to be nice to him because his son plays for Miami of Ohio, so I can't talk about him too much. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, taking Leatherwood, who was a second-round talent at best in the first round, they took, like, 19 safeties. Uh, it's just they, they can't get out of their own way there. 
Um, the Rams were another one that stood out. Um, their first pick was a 149-pound wide receiver in the second that people had as a fourth-round talent and wasn't a need. Uh, Saints, you know, they didn't have much, and they took Ian Book in the fourth round, which was 70 picks ahead of where he was projected. You know, I mean, Seattle took uh, Eskridge, who I like a lot, but, you know, to have them as your first pick when wide receiver wasn't a need. And then, I mean, Houston, you know, we shouldn't even talk about them. But those are some that stood out. Uh, the only team that, the only team you failed to mention that I thought had a, a good draft was the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, yes. you, know, you know, when you got Justin Herbert, uh, you've added Rashawn Slater. And I, I happen to love Asante Samuel Jr., not because uh, – not because of the uh, pedigree, but I just think he, he was a little underrated in this draft. And Josh Palmer in Tennessee, from Tennessee, I really like too. And, and Trey McKitty will replace Hunter Henry. And he pick, they picked the tight end right where you should pick a tight end in the third round. So I really liked what the Chargers did. I agree with you on the teams that you mentioned. Um, I agree with the teams that you mentioned that did a bad job. Um, one other team I thought did a bad job was the Minnesota Vikings. I don't like the quarterback that they picked. Um and they, you know, they at fifteen, they should have made sure they were able to get ahead of the Bears to get to to get um, Justin Fields. And I, you know, if Justin Fields is great, then whoever the GM should get fired because uh, they had, you know, they were closer to the Giants to get him. And I know they spoke to the Giants, so those those are two teams that you didn't mention. But otherwise, I think you nailed it. Uh, Merker, D-Man, anybody else that you thought you know had an interesting or disinteresting draft before we? Uh, hey, those- yeah, though you hit on all of them actually. Uh, for me, um, uh, the best draft for me was Cleveland. Um, you could you could say Chicago, Miami, and a couple of the others. Cleveland, I think, knocked it out of the ballpark. They they did a great job. It's amazing how that organization used to be horrendous, and they are really good now. They're smart. Uh, they use analytics. They're they're uh, the the picks that they make are are re- you know fit their scheme. Uh, they get value with their picks. I loved what they did. Um, knocked it out of the ballpark. I have a bunch of friends in Cleveland who are super excited. Uh, on the other side, to, to me, the, the two that were the worst were Houston and Seattle. Um, you know, I, I don't get that Eskridge pick at all. I mean, it makes zero sense to me. And they only have three picks this year. Uh, you have to hit, you know, home runs with every one of those picks when you only are picking three times. So they, for me, uh, and Houston were the worst. That had to be about making Russell Wilson happy, picking another wide receiver. Uh, D-Man, what did you think? Any, 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 any other knowledge to share with everybody that we haven't covered yet about the draft? Um, have you guys mentioned the Green Bay Packers and how no. poor their draft was? Well, we were going to get we, – we, we, that's a great segue into the Aaron Rodgers nonsense. Um, by no coincidence did the Aaron Rodgers story break on the day of the draft to drive up the ratings for ABC and ESPN – um, this could not, this couldn't have come out of nowhere. I mean, again, Mar- this was an out of body night for Marcucci. At one point, he thought he was getting Aaron Rodgers because it was reported by Mark Schlereth. At another point, he thought he was getting Justin Fields, and he left the draft by losing to Cornhole multiple times to Dave Starr. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, what a night for you! But this Aaron Rodgers stuff is nonsense. Go let let him go fucking retire and host Jeopardy. I, I don't even care anymore. I, listen, I understand where he's coming from. I mean, they they screwed him over last year by picking Jordan Love. Um, you know, it, you know, it's you know at this point, you know, at the, I don't know what to say. I mean, uh, Green Bay, you know, is is probably going to not want to trade him. I mean, you can't replace him now. Draft I over. I, I guess I just don't. Well, I still think he gets traded June first. 
Um, so we might have to have another party on June 1st, you know, uh, the night it's going to be announced. But again, normally I'm on the owner side and the side of, uh, you know, the coaches and stuff. But just on the surface, you know, whether he's a crybaby or not, why, if you're the GM, if you're the coach, if you're making decisions, you have a top 10 in the history of the NFL quarterback. Why aren't you asking him to help you and his opinion on some of these decisions? You know, I mean, supposedly the thing he was pissed off the most at was there was a wide receiver that he loved. There was the third wide receiver and he was on TV talking him up how key is on third down and, you know, loves having him. next day. He got released. Jay Kubera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, sir. But how are you not going to him and saying, you know, what are your thoughts on these guys? You know what? If you want to draft Jordan Love, okay, that's your prerogative. But how, how do you not just go to this guy and say, listen, just so you know, you're welcome here for the next 10 years if you feel up to it. But just in case this, you know, if this guy slips to us, it's just someone we're really after and it's no reflection on you. How are you not talking to this guy? And that boggles my mind more than anything if you're trying to put together a winning team. ESPN put up a great graphic of the last 11 drafts. They only picked one or two offensive players, and one of them was Jordan Love, and the other was an offensive lineman So in the first round. So, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is not being treated correctly. But, I, you know, I, I mean, and I'm surprised it took him this long after last year. It's kind of like, all right, you take Jordan Love. I'm going to go out there and have the best year of my career, which he probably did, and now I'm going to start complaining. So, I, you know, I don't see – I don't know, you know, I don't know where this, you know, settles in. I mean, there's been rumors of quarterbacks getting traded all along. Deshaun Watson, not traded, maybe because of his personal problems. Russell Wilson, not traded. I And I, and I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, I, like I said, I just – you know, I, I just don't know where he gets traded now that the draft is over. Maybe, maybe he still gets traded to Denver. I mean, listen, what, there's, been, there's been rumors that he'll be on the – the Giants will be interested in him next year. If, if Jones doesn't pan out, that would be what they do with their two picks. There's a lot of smoke on that. And Gettleman uh, did not deny it on the radio after denying it before the draft. So, well, the talk knows? was that the talk was that it was pretty much a done deal to Denver. But if they if they traded them now, it's thirty eight million dollar hit against the cap this year. If they wait after June 1st, then it's twenty one million this year and 17 the next. So. They couldn't. They would have had to cut half their team this year to trade them on draft night. So it's a different ball game if they do it June first. Um, and like I said, who knows what Watson? So yeah, pretty much this off season, I thought I was going to have Watson. There was a chance of Wilson. I was going to get Fields or Lance, and I ended up with Locke and Bridgewater. So all good in my land. D man, so what do you what do you think, D man? What do you think of all this Aaron Rodgers uh, nonsense? I mean, I understand that Rodgers was pissed last year. Um, <laughs> you know, with um, quarterback being picked in the first round, but that was last year. Why is he acting out now? And I don't think he's going to retire. I, I can't imagine he retired, do Jeopardy, whatever else the hell he wants to do. Um, and I don't know how serious he is. He's talked about, you know, basically not playing this year. I mean, which makes no sense because I think at his age, just to not play for a full year would, would not uh, be good for him. Um, you know, Brett may be right that, uh, not Brett, uh, Neil, that, um, you know, if it's going to save so much money to trade him after Jude first, and then that, that makes sense. And we'll just have to wait and hear all the complaints until then. It was interesting because I know that Brett Favre um, was texting him. And 
don't know if you heard uh, the, some of the comments, but uh, Roger said that he will go on the show and explain everything once it's all over, whatever that means. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I think he's he's a bit of a crybaby right now, though. All right. Uh, moving on. We're gonna, we, we, we touched on what the top moment of the Martucci draft party was. Uh, we don't need to dig it into him anymore. Uh, he was not happy when they didn't take Justin Fields. Um, no, really, keep rubbing it in. It makes me feel so much better. <laughs> so right, right now, you know, we, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but Neil will try to give you some of the top players to look out for in the 2000. It's not too early to talk about 2022, especially with the Giants and the Jets having two first-round picks next year. Um, so Neil, like, you know, who, who are some of the players, some of the quarterbacks, you know, I, you know, I've read about seven different types of mocks and each one of them has a different quarterback. There's Sam Howell, there's Tyler Clow. Um, there's this kid from USC who hasn't even played yet. They think could be in the top of the draft. <laughs> and there's a, there's a pass rusher from Oregon, Thibodeau, who everybody likes. There's Justin Ross. Um, there's Derek Stingley Jr. Who the Jets should be uh, looking at next year as a corner. What are, what are some of the names that I may have missed, or what do you think of some of the guys well, that I've just brought up? Yeah, I mean, the good point is, you know, obviously everyone's going to be focused on the quarterbacks, and there's about 10 of them I've seen now that could go in the first round. Uh, Spencer Rattler is one from Oklahoma, a little undersized, but he's actually the Heisman favorite now. And if you ever want to learn about him, there's a show called QB1 on uh, Netflix where they follow him his senior year high school. Uh, Sam Howell seems to be the um, popular pick, excuse me, to be top of the draft. Um, he's like a Baker Mayfield type. You have JT Daniels out of Georgia. Um, if you're looking for this year's Zach Wilson, um, you can look at Carson Strong out of Nevada. Um, this year's Trey Lance. You can look at a Malik Willis out of Liberty. Um, and I know you mentioned that uh, Tyler Shaw out of Texas Tech. Um, he actually started as Herbert's replacement, um, but then as a grad transfer went over to Texas Tech. Um, yeah, and then you mentioned USC, Kedon Slovis. Um, he has played, actually. Um, you know, he had a really nice freshman year, did okay sophomore year, uh, makes great plays, a little turnover prone. Um, not sure if that sounds familiar to any other football fans out there that a USC quarterback would have that <laughs> pedigree. Um, and one other one is, and I know we spoke of it at the Senior Bowl conversation of Desmond Ritter of Cincinnati. And I'd mentioned he could be a sneaky pick um, this year if he'd come out and if he was eligible, but he's going to be in one more year. Uh, you mentioned the top two defensive guys, a couple of wide receivers, Justin Ross out of Clemson. Um, there's two Ohio State wide receivers that are going to be highly ranked. And then a guy, George Pickin out of Georgia. So that's where we stand as of now. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep having, uh, you know, it'd be very, more important than usual to have a pulse on college football next year with the Giants and the Jets having uh, two picks in the first round. So, yeah, the, those are some of the players, Martucci, and then you, I think you pretty much nailed it um, with some of the guys that we can that we should be thinking about. And, and we'll be here all along to keep pointing them out. Um, maybe before lucky, Martucci will do a 2022 mock on the Big Blue Facebook page at some point before the college football season. Anyways, uh, if you're a listener, we're, we're uh, being conscious of time here. If you're a listener, don't forget to join the Big Blue Saloon Facebook page. We added another member this week. Uh, if you're not a member, you're missing out on such jewels of like Rich Choi today or Glenn Consor's updates throughout the day. Um, again, the next prize is at 200 members, so I ask everybody to continue to invite folks to the page. 
Uh, Merck, we'll start with you. Any last thoughts before we head out for the night? Yeah, just last last thought is just shifting gears to the next big game tonight. They've won two in a row here uh, on this West Coast swing. They have Denver tonight. Obviously, and, not and, and breaking news: they're already down twenty-five to six. Oh, oh Jesus! All right. Well, okay. So we're, we're now two and one on this road trip. So we, we need to we need to get a couple wins here. They're currently in fourth place. If figure they lose, they're thirty-seven and twenty-nine. Uh, they're still a game and a half ahead of the Hawks uh, for that, you know, that home court advantage in round one. Uh, but I, I just continue to be so impressed with this team. I, I am shocked. I'm excited. And uh, I'm praying they don't they don't implode these last few games. I mean, as a, as a time update um, in a game that means a lot to the Knicks, the Knicks are actually down 23 to six, nope, 25, 26 to six. I apologize. And a real time game with, that you don't want to see is the Hawks. They're up by 10 over the Suns. The Suns are playing the second of a back-to-back. So, oh. yeah, that's a, it's a, this could be a, a tough night for the, for the, for the Knicks. Uh, D-Man, any final thoughts? Well, as far as football goes, you know, this is now the low until training camp really starts in, uh, in July. So we can focus on Knicks a little bit more. Um, and it's been a pleasant surprise seeing them really <coughs> – you know, win so many games and, you know, they play hard and tough, although today doesn't look good. Um, let's hope they can make some noise. You know, I'm a Mets fan, so it's frustrating that Lindor sucks so far, um, but it's still a very long season. Oh, for 25 is bad. <laughs> yeah. And I said it here first that Francisco Lindor would hit 240 this season. Let's keep that in mind. There's no I way. So. I, he, he can't be that bad. There's no way. He has to hit like 330 the rest of the way. <laughs> I remember Mike Piazza started very slow for the Mets, too, when they got him. New York syndrome. Uh, Mr. Martucci, any uh, final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I guess just when you thought you're having a bad day, um, and I guess it's first world problems also, but if you look at Juwan James of the Broncos, um, you know, everyone knows about the OTAs and opting out and everything else. So he decided he was going to work out at home to get ready for the season and turn around and tore his, his Achilles. Since that happened, Denver now can not pay the $10 million guarantee due to him this year. So that wow. injury just cost him. And they said if he gets released, it could cost him an upwards of $20 million. Wow. That's a rough day. <laughs> um, my, my final thought is I'm along with you guys with the Knicks. Um, I've never been so wrong about a player that I am about Julius Randle. I mean, you know, he, he, uh, he's been beyond anything that I ever thought. Um, loving watching RJ Barrett develop. I really enjoyed RJ Barrett badly outplaying John Morant the other night. Um, that was Merker. I'm sure you were with me on that one. Um, you know, as far as Derek Rose, uh, I, I, you know, again, when, when they traded for Rose, I was like, ah, you know, this guy's going to take time away from quickly, but, Rose looks like he's found the fountain of youth. Um, one of the perks of working from home is I can watch the NBA jump at 3 p.m. every day. And Tom Thibodeau with his big fancy smile was on yesterday. And uh, he's saying that the Knicks should be on national TV more often, which was pretty funny. So I think, you know, <laughs> as long as they don't embarrass themselves in the playoffs, and, and, and I'd really like to see them not drop to like six or seven or anything like that. Yeah, this season's been an unmitigated success and you know we look ahead to next season and and which player they're going to try and add and i and i was talking at the martucci party 
to Mr. Burke, and I mentioned the name Damian Lillard, um, which was texted to me by somebody, and then there was an article in the Post the next day about him. So that's the name to watch for the Knicks going into 2022, Damian Lillard. Um, as far as baseball is concerned, the Yankee Astros series has finally brought a little life to baseball, and if anybody's not watching, um, the Yankees are a one-man show offensively with Giancarlo Stanton. Um, he's batting a little higher than Francisco Lindor so far this year. Um, so that, you know, and that's it. And as far as the draft goes, thank you to Neil Martucci for hosting. That was, a, it was a lot of fun watching the draft with everybody and all the different reactions and Licamelli with his commentary, Kaplan trying to act like he didn't care, you know, star trying to mention players from college football, but he was mentioning guys from five years ago. <laughs> so, you know, all that, you know, it was very, it was very enjoyable. Rich O'Donnell was with a five thirty AM meeting. So he wasn't fired up about the jets. And just watching Merker just be nervous in person. I'm telling all the listeners, the way Merker portrays himself on this show is not a lie. It's not an act. That is the way he is. He's nervous. He's excited. He wants to be talked out of being happy. He wants to be talked into being happy. He talks to Dave Burke. He talks to Seth Kaplan. He talks to me. I troll him all the time. But listeners, Brett Merker is exactly what he seems. And, and there's always something good to be said for that, Mr. Merker. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad, but you you hit it right on the head. I I I am what I am. <laughs> Popeye. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's it's uh, closing time here in the saloon. Um, uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We will be back throughout the off season. We'll probably take a couple of weeks here after the draft, unless Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Giants or the Jets or something like that. But uh, <laughs> Denver. Or Denver will bring back Neil Martucci will be as regular as any time as he wants because uh, our ratings have gone up with him on the show and his knowledge is uh, as much as I hate to admit it is uh, not equal to many. So you know Dave Store Dave Store is still claiming that he has the most popular episode ever when he was on it. We're gonna have to go back. We're gonna have to go back and fact check this. That was the lowest rated show by far. Yeah, it was, and he was only on for like seven minutes. We didn't let him on that long. <laughs> Anyways, for uh, Brett Merker, Neil Martucci, the D-Man, I'm Peter Storm. Until next time. Thank you.